you're about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Walking with the Helper. How to walk with the Helper, the Holy Spirit. Now, today I want to use Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 to 17. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 to 17. Using the Amplified, I think, uh, or New Living Translation. It should be in my stuff. It shouldn't put anything else up. That is apart from what I've put in there. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 17, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Can you please say this after me loudly? Say, Holy Spirit... Guide my life. He says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Why? Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. This is not preached anymore in church. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires mm, that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So, you are not free. You are what? Did I miss some people upstairs? You are not you are not free to carry out even your good intentions. Yeah, I read it right, didn't I? He says these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Meaning your intentions can be good, but you are not free to carry it out. One of the most important facets of successful Christian livings and receiving divine help is by obeying the promptings of the Spirit. Obeying the promptings of the Spirit. One of the biggest and one of the greatest move of God in our lives is when we can obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Ah, Many people miss that. How we can just say, God, we obey what you say. And the scripture tells us that many of us even have good intentions, but that good intentions is still not a God intention. 
He says, so, so we're not free. When you follow the Holy Spirit, he says, you are not free to carry out your good intentions. We said last week that obedience is compliance. Obedience is agreement. Obedience is submitting to a higher authority. Obedience is when we lay down our own will to the will of the Father. We said last week that obedience is better than sacrifice. So you may sacrifice being in church, giving your tithes, giving your offering. You may sacrifice being a worker and doing all that kinds of stuff, which Saul did. But God did not applaud him for the sacrifice than for his obedience. God did not clap for Martha for her going around preparing food than for the woman who sat at his feet to listen to him. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? Oh, I, 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 I had good intentions. God says good intentions is different from God's purpose. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, I said, if, you're willing, if you willingly obey me, the best crops in the land will be yours. So when Peter obeyed Jesus, he obliterated toil and failure. When Naaman, Naaman obeyed the voice of God, it wasn't the Jordan that healed him. It was the voice that the Jordan was hearing that he followed. The, the Jordan, the river Jordan, heard the voice of the prophet and followed the voice of the prophet. And the Naaman was not healed by a river. He was healed by the voice of the river. And I baptized people in the river, river Jordan. But it is the voice that is amazing. Actually, when we were in Israel this, this, this last two weeks or three weeks ago, I was baptizing uh, people in, the, in, 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 in River Jordan. They, they, were, they were good enough to obey the voice of God. To get baptized on that day because they had a different day in mind. But while we were baptizing, I just found out that there were some people who were lurking around. You understand? This guy decided that he was no more lurking around. He just walked straight up to where we were baptizing and he stood there. Uh, fortunately, I had protocol on this trip. Uh, and they asked, what do you want? He says, I want that man to baptize me. I'm like, uh, he wasn't a member of a church. He wasn't an, an, an entourage. He says, I just feel in my spirit, an Italian guy like this. He said, I just want him to baptize me. Uh, I saw some people, they were just dipping themselves in the water and coming up. And then they see him and they said, they want me to baptize. That was all, all right. So he said, we, we told him that there's a long wait. He says he will wait. And he waited. It was long. It wasn't a quick dip in the water. I spent time. And then he waited. Well, I was still looking at him from my eyes. Like, he's going to go soon. He, he must go. He, he must go because there's still... A, but no, I think that where he was going wasn't as important as what he was obeying. Uh, and after I finished, he came to me. I baptized him, but I wish that had stopped. As soon as I baptized him, I've said this story before, another guy came. He was wearing jeans, wasn't he? Jeans and stuff. He didn't change. He was just, he walked up. He says, I want you to, God told me that you should baptize. I said, but you need to change. He says, forget about change. What I need from God right now is more than what I'm wearing. I baptized him and he sat down after that and he got dried in the clothes he was wearing. It was not the Jordan. 
It was what was on the inside. The Jordan is the tool. The manifestation comes from the obedience. I asked myself, I said, I wish I could be bold like these guys. That just doesn't, doesn't follow protocol. But just follows the voice of God and their prompting. Are, are you following what I'm saying? In fact, I, I'm baptizing them, you, you could see virtue go out from you. Something just moved from the inside. And I started to say, God, obedience is better than sacrifice. I said this last week, that prayer will never deliver to you what obedience will. Fasting, fasting and praying is a waste of energy where there is disobedience. I just mentioned this and let me put it in these right words. Miracles are not issues of chance, but the act of obedience. Sometimes the continued existence of your life depends on your obedience to the instruction. And I started a message last week of why do we disobey or ignore the promptings and the help of the Holy Spirit. And the first thing I said is because of what I call the independence of freedom. The reason people disobey is because of the intense craving and independence and the freedom they want. When God is not giving his place, you will be displaced. God will not honor the man or the woman who is not obedient. Obedience is not conditional. You don't obey because it is convenient. You be obey because it is required. Because in Philippians 2.8 he says, He became obedient unto death. Therefore God had highly exalted him. You don't, you don't obey God because you felt, I feel it. You don't, the feelings don't come into obedience. Feelings don't come into obedience. I was speaking to a young man uh, on Friday and he, he was telling me how he had to obey God regardless of how he felt. He didn't feel anything. In fact, he would say, God, do I really have to go? Do I really have to be there? And even when different offers were coming, he'd, he'd steep in their spirit. His, uh, the husband and wife said, God was just saying, no, no. You do not obey God based on how you feel. I don't feel, I don't, I don't agree to what they're doing. He didn't want you to agree, he wants you to comply to his will. And let me say this to every one of us. Let me, let's, let's be honest. You can never grow unless you are stretched. Michael was leading the men's prayer in the morning with some men are disobedient to, 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 to come on. And he was saying last Monday, he says, it's like uh, he, he, he went back to his father's land uh, uh, in Africa and he says, he, he tried to use a biblical uh, example like uh, the sling of David and the snow, but that, it, it didn't work. I, I was smiling where I was uh, praying. And I, it is, it is not, you better go to really where it is. But you see, in Africa, where it comes from, there's something called, they call it a catapult. You understand? 
And what it means is that you have like a two-tongue, uh, 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 st- like stick, so you have two tongues, and then you, you put a rubber around it, you understand? And when you put a rubber around it, you cannot put a stone in between the rubber, and then you have to pull it. We've done damage, untold damage, God forgive me for our sins. Untold damage, any lady that said no to us, she's in trouble. From nowhere in the bush, we'll pull the thing, and the stone would release. And she, there's the pain that comes from it God hmm. but the thing is that the, the amount of damage that you want to do depends on how far you pull and sometimes because of where God wants to take you to he will stretch you before he releases you it is not it, it, it is not Convenient most of the time. For me to obey the voice of God most of the time is not convenient. Especially, the, the, the thing about pastoring is especially when someone walks up to you and you're telling them this is what I feel God is doing and you can see the pain in their eyes that they really don't want to do what you're telling them to do and you are also saying if you were in their shoes would you want to do what you're telling them to do but you still have to tell them what the voice of God says because to dip yourself in the river of Jordan when there are better rivers was not the best idea the prophet can give them especially when the prophet didn't even come out. And the first thing that God wants to deal with us is that independence of freedom. The second thing I need to quickly go, uh, in which I want to talk about today, hopefully the second and third, is what I call the, the, the influence of fear. The first one was the independence, the independence of freedom. Why I do not obey God's voice. Why I ignore his prompting. One, I want to feel independent. Number two, there's what is called the influence of fear. And this is the point where I could have just sat down because everything that was taken in prayer had actually dealt with it. That's why you need to obey God to be in the service at 10 o'clock. Because to be honest with you, I could just close this and sit down and you would have missed an entire service by missing the first few minutes of our service this morning. The influence of fear. Many people think Christianity is just a happy, clappy, enjoy ourselves, coming to church, have a social gathering and that's okay. No. Sometimes there is a stretching for a reaching. To get to a destination. And many times we don't obey God because of fear. The fear or impediment of failure of the unknown. The unfamiliar. The uncertainty always robs us of following the path of success the Holy Spirit can provide. The fear that came and must have come to the widow of Zarephath when the man said to him, Give me the rest of the food, you and, and, and God will provide for the days to come. The woman says, did I hear you right? The only food I have to prepare for myself and for my child and then to die. And you prophet who I cannot actually understand your pedigree. Listen, many people may follow you as the pastor because you have a track record. But there's a problem when you don't really know the person. Or when the person doesn't have a track record in what you're dealing with. Because Jesus was by no means a fisherman. So how is Jesus going to tell those who have been fishing all their lives, put your nets to the other side? 
at that time of the day when there's supposed to be no fishes in the sea at that particular time. That time is where they go to hibernate. And so here is a man coming and the man is saying to you, give what you have. And many of us, even today, in this modern day, will say, hey, they've come again. Even if it's your pastor. Hey, I, knew, I knew this sermon was going to end up in money. Many of you are even thinking like that right now. The woman, the, 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 the man says, give me the food. And honestly, where I'm standing, I'm not sure what I would do. I've got my only my son. And while I'm praying for my son, and while I'm believing God for my son... And well, the only thing we have is just this little food. And now the, 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 the prophet, the prophet comes. Now, this prophet by no means has money. He doesn't look like he has money. He doesn't look like he, 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 I don't know you. And he says to the widow, give me the food and the Lord will provide for you. If the woman had entertained fear, she would not have obeyed. We resist change when we are afraid. Fear causes apprehension and makes us stubborn, which prevents us from making progress in life. Fear brings dread, which paralyzes you from achievement. Fear keeps people from growing. I remember I was speaking to someone and someone said to, I said to her, oh, I haven't seen you in church. Oh, yeah, pastor. But I barely know 10 people. She's been in church for five years. I barely know 10 people now. It's the fear of growing. We're growing. And if you're continuously there, you will grow along. We're growing. There are different people who are walking in. There are different people who, are, who, 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 who want to see God's face. There are different people who want to come. So the topology of the church changes. There was a time we were in interchange. We were hoddy cuddly, model cuddly. I knew everybody by name. Even if I didn't, my wife knew everybody by name. Once Wednesday, she sat at the back while people were coming in. After the service, she came up to me and said, I, 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 I barely knew five. I said, glory to God. Sometimes God is telling you to go. So, no, no, I can't go there. Sometimes God will put someone in your life that will make you grow. The fear that I'm not going into this marriage is because of the fear of growing. The fear that I want to give up in this relationship is the fear of growing. Somebody, your husband is there to make you grow. Your wife is there to make you grow. The only reason why we resist it is because of the fear of the unknown. But when God says it, he has gone before us because he's going to shape our lives according to his will and not our will. Because most of the time we think we're all that and a packet of chips. We're not all that. And sometimes when God says something to us, if it is ever in your comfort zone, it is not God. I'm going to have to say this to someone else. If, 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 if anything you hear from God and it is in your comfort zone, it is not, it's not God. I'm, let me say this carefully. 
Let me say this to many people because many of you believe God for the high things. No. Even for you to have a good relationship, if it is in your comfort zone, it is not God. Even for you and you, your husband and your wife to be able to come to a mutual agreement, if it is in your comfort zone, it is not God. God must tell you to do things that will break every arms of you. If it doesn't break you, it is not God. Because as we preach, it's a God. Show me. Tell me what to do. Business. I'm not talking about business. That's what I even thought about last year. When God says it is a year of rising, there was nothing that rose in what I went through last year. In fact, it looked like I was like a zombie walking through the entire year. It looked like, it looked like, God, what did you tell me? What you told me didn't match up with our reality. It didn't. I buried five people last year. There, there was no women's conference, no men's conference. There was no something in the park. There was no... The church... I'm not sure if you found it. You, you will even come to church. You'll think, what exactly is happening here? I couldn't put my finger on it. But God was breaking me. God was making roots in the ground. The only time I felt God was on the 31st of December. I walked in on the 31st of December like, okay. And then when praise and worship started and the place exploded, God says, I have now finished that rise inside you. I got to a place. Do you know when I knew I grew? Do you know where I knew I rose? Is when I said I don't care. (laughs) You get to a stage with God where you just say, I really don't care. Not that I don't care about the work. I don't care about myself. I am broken that much that I don't care what you think. I care what he thinks. I'm at the end of myself. I've tried this. It hasn't worked. I've tried that. It doesn't work. I've tried. Where fear is started to really become a thing of the past. Because you have broken fear. Not because you see results. But because you've reached a place in your life where you say, I really don't care. If I perish, I perish. So I stepped into 2018 or 2019 saying thank God for 2018 because what I thought he was saying was not what he was saying. I saw rise in business, rise in relationships, rise in... You, 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 come on, you all thought that too. And God said, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm getting you to rise above the storms. That next time a storm comes, you will not run, but you will smile. Your relationship is for you to grow. It's God saying to you, you will grow. I will bring you to that place when fear is obliterated. Some people miss God because they simply cannot say no. The fear of people hold them in bondage. And let me say this to you. If you don't listen to anything this morning, listen to this thing. Nobody goes far trying to look good before man. Saul made the voice of the people and the situation drown the voice of God. The reason we don't hear the voice of God is because of the influence of fear. 
Even in our relationships, husbands and wives, God will say, go and apologize. If I apologize, she will think she's all, she, she, she won. Are you serious? Get to court and then you will find out how, how, how inexpensive sorry is. When you see your children crying, when you see their entire life going one way, after 20 years, after 15 years, you start to look at your children's marriage and you are seeing a reflection of what happened to you because you couldn't have said sorry. That sorry would have cleared your worry. Got to learn it. If you're not married, learn it now. Because, trust me, Instagram, I say this every Sunday, I know. Relax. Facebook and all that is not a Bible passage. Follow your spirit. Follow your prompting. You will never grow as a Christian lifting up hands in church. You grow when you obey the word of God to do what your physical cravings can't do and eliminate fear. God is saying that is not the person. Oh no, but if it's not that one, would I get another one? Fear. God is saying, step out into business. Oh, but, 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 but I'm comfortable with this job. No, he says, go contracted. Ah, I'm comfortable. What if I go contracted and, and then the world dries up? Fear. You never grow. You never grow. God said to me, start washing tabernacles. I said, with who? How many people? Where am I going? And I can remember the first day we started, probably 120 people of course. The Sephora Sunday, 20 people. And can I not say through the first six months, I was like, I wish I was back in where we were. Because where you're coming from looks better than where he's taking you to. But where he's taking you to is going to be a longevity of life than where you were before. The influence of fear. Let me give you the last one. So we spoke about the reasons why we don't obey the prompting of God is the independence of freedom, the influence of fear, and I will speak the last thing is what I call the inconvenience of time. The inconvenience of time. Stay in one place and give you this. What do you do when people seem to be making progress and you are marking time? Let me say this again. What do you do when people seem to make progress and you are marking time? Casting all your cares is easier said than done. Ah. (laughs) I hope this blesses someone today because the most difficult thing in life is when you measure yourself up with someone else. I said difficult because you always will. How am I doing compared to Sister Talikwa? <laughs> how, how am I doing to Sister Malikwa? Mamikwa? How am I doing compared to Rei? How am I doing? How is my marriage doing? 
Why can't we hold hands? Why can't we be happy? Why, are we, why haven't we bought the house everybody else is buying? Why haven't I got the job I always believed? Why is everyone moving forward? And it looks like we are going through the same circle. The inconvenience of time. Can I give you two or three things? Impulsive people have the most difficult time hearing the voice of God. Because they are accustomed to making decisions upon impulse and excitement. Impulsive people generally get burned by making hasty decisions based on temporary emotions. In my experience, it has never been a good idea to give God a deadline. Never. Never. Elimelech and Naomi plugged into a life of darkness and misery and mistakes by following circumstances than following the voice of God. Whenever circumstances and people and situation determine the chaos moments of your life, then you will plunge into difficulty. I said I will give you a child. Yeah, but God, it's been over 15 years, nothing has happened. Let me give this servant to my, to my, to my husband and, and let's quickly make something. Because if we don't make something, I'm not sure if I could do it. Whenever you help God, what do you create? A monster. Oh, please, guys, I'm not preaching to you because I have it all sewn up. No, I'm preaching to myself as I'm preaching to you. If I'm my best message is when I'm preaching to myself. When you see passion, it's because I'm talking to myself. Because I really understand what it means when somebody close to you is making progress and you're not. You're even dealing with your sister. I'm dealing with a twin brother and my twin brother is also dealing with me. And people, not only us, but people can pitch us against each other. How we dress, how we look, how we preach, how we talk. None of your business. The reason why we're twins was just God saw that one was too good. He had to create another one on this side. That's all. And when I was having children, I said, God, no twins. And if you have twins, stop dressing them up the same. They hate it. I'm giving you this free of charge if you haven't. It's just they are with the same ribbons and they have stopped the rubbish. They're totally two different people. And if you're not, you keep doing that and they will keep comparing themselves as they grow up. One may like to have weave. The other man, one may just like to have pure, clean, cut hair. And then here you are as the mother. Why didn't you be like your twin, twin sister? Why didn't you be like your twin sister? She knows about fashion and then suddenly she gets a fashion contract. And they're paying her over 15000 per each time she wakes up. The twin sister that looked good is working in Barclays. And if you don't instill... Why am I saying all this? Uh, I, I think someone's going to get a twin. twin. If you don't instill... If you, if you don't instill confidence in your children independently, based on what God has said before they were born, you will compare them and you will ruin them. And what you're doing is not because of them, it's because you also were insecure growing up and you unconsciously don't know that you're passing that fear upon their lives. 
And although one is not as fast as the other, it doesn't mean that that won't surpass. Because Leah became the mother of Israel, not Rachel, who looked really good. The inconvenience of time says, I won't obey God. It's too long. I've still been waiting too long, too long, too long. Can I encourage you this morning? When there is a release of a prophetic word, it has gone ahead. There is an immediate shift in the spiritual realm, although things may seem look the same. But there is a shifting in the spiritual realm. The switch has happened. Even though you have not seen it, do not look at the things for where they are. There is a shifting. He said it, and there is a shifting. Go into the water of Jordan, and the shifting occurred even before he got there. Before he got there, ravens were commanded to feed him. He didn't get there and started to scratch his head. The word had gone before. When God decided to dry up the brook, he dried up the brook. He says, I've sent you to a widow of Zabah, a widow. Uh, that's, the, that's where I've sent you. When God spoke it, there's a shift. When it's entered into your heart, there's a shift. He chose Mary before she knew she was chosen. He chose David before he knew he was chosen. While David was chosen, he was still in the backside of the desert. But the word was already done. While, he was, while the prophet was standing, he didn't need to be there. While Joseph was still in prison, his name was being mentioned in the corridors of, 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 of authority. Something is happening to you while you're sitting down because a word has gone before you. So I don't need to sit on someone else's word. Listen to me. In ancient Israel, 2021... Get ready. You are all going to Israel. Now the word has been released. Some people are thinking, hey, should we plan that? You better see. There's a lady who's gone with us twice. She always just puts her name down. No money, just puts her name down. Even this year, I sponsored her. And I look at her and say, this woman, she just said, I, I, I will just put my name down. And then she puts her name down and pays the non-refundable fee, knowing that this money has gone. And somehow, somehow, God blesses her. Kola is even sitting here. How he got to Israel, only God knows. God. No, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. God sent a raven. He, he, he was not in the plan to go. But suddenly, while they planned for. <laughs> while they planned for someone else to go, it didn't happen. He was the last minute. Door. In fact, where he was even sitting in the place. Ah! How did they give you this seat? You know where you're sitting? In, uh, where you can stretch your leg as, ah, ah, How? Go in and come. How did you do this? You know what? When a word goes forward, it goes forward. One day I just remember, hey, this same boy sometimes will come in front and kneel down in front of everyone and be crying unto God. Why are you, are you eating chewing gum at the back? <laughs> can I say this? Whenever you walk into church, it's not a social club. Plug in. You never know when there's a visitation. So, unplanned. Unplanned. And just walking. When God speaks a word, the shifting has already happened. In Israel, when the refiners were perfecting gold, they would bring the metal to a boiling point. Listen to this. With a fine screen, they would skim off the drawer. So it would start boiling and then they would just scream, they would skim off the drawers. And what they're doing is they're taking away the imperfections of the gold. 
Then the gold will be placed back into the fire again and the process will be repeated until it becomes fine gold. Listen to me. The process only stops when the refiner could extract the gold and you could see his face in the gold. So he never finishes with the gold until he can see his image in it. So he keeps moving those and he keeps putting that thing back into the fire. But to everybody else that is around, he's like, ah, this, this is alright. But to him, he knows that he can only be alright when he can see his own image in that gold. When God places you in the fire, he will not pull you out until he can see his own glorious image in you. That's when the fiery fire will end. God, now, God is saying, I have not yet seen my image in you. Last year, I was saying, God, let there be a shift in the spiritual atmosphere. I haven't yet seen my image in you. I remember, 15 October, I said, I don't care. Actually, my prayer life in the physical went down because I thought it was my prayers that can shift things. When I started resting in God, like I don't care, he owns me, he's got my back. And if he even doesn't, okay, let's keep going on. Then I felt a shifting in the spiritual realm. Until God can see his image in you, he's not going to change. That husband you're praying away is not going to go away. That wife you're praying away is not going to go away. That boyfriend, that fiance, they're going nowhere. Because God will keep you there. That job that you're believing God for another job. Because you are so much harassed. It's going nowhere. You're not going to find another job. You know why? Until God can see his image in you. And he knows that there's nothing more about you but about him. That's when he takes you out. But this other person gave a testimony. It is not yet your time. Oh, I just missed someone. What Your attitude determines how long you stay there. Your attitude can overcome your adversity. There's another thing that happened, uh, and I'm going to say this. You know when they say they put you on the potter's wheel, and then the, the potter makes you, you understand? I've seen this in real life. The potter, will, he will take it, he will mold it, and then it won't work. He will smash it again, put it in, and mold it again. Smash it again, put it in, and mold it again. And I read it, uh, his, the, the, the guy said it to me when in, in, in Portugal when I saw this happen. And, 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 and I forgot about it until I read it recently. And, and then he will take it again, and then he will smash it again. He will put his hand in. He will mold it. He will take it again. And he looks like, yeah, this is a perfect thing. You understand? And then so I said, why? He said, I felt some impediments, some, some stones in there. And then he will do it again. And, and it's, this is on hot fire. And then after a while, he will say, he will just tap it. And he says, it's done. I says, how do you know? He says, because it sang. I said, what? He says, when I tap it, it sang. He says, until it sings. Ah, in the fire. It is not yet ready. You've got to have an attitude that sings through adversity. Because until you sink, it's not going to happen. Until you thank God for the food you're eating, there's no change of menu. You've got to get to that stage where I am not in a high hurry. Because hurry is the death of prayer. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, To everything there is a what? Season. And a time for every matter or purpose under the sun. This lets us know that we all don't live in the same season. At the same time, you should never be jealous of someone who is enjoying a harvest while you are still in your planting season. You are in your planting season. Remember that they had to go through a season of planting just as you are. Understand and trust that God is doing the very best for you in your present season. Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still in the presence of God and wait patiently for Him to act. God causes things to happen at exactly the right time. Your job is not to figure out when, but to make up your mind that you won't give up until you cross the finish line. There are times when we might give up if we knew how long. There are times when we might give up if we knew... There are times when we might give up if we knew how long it was going to take. But when we accept God's timing, we can learn to live in hope and enjoy our lives while God is working out our problem. So, while I'm going through a problem, I'm never going to be delivered until I sing. You sing through it. It's an attitude you got to sing. Because if you don't sing, it's going to take you again, smash you, put you in. How many times do I want to do that? When it happens the first, just keep singing. Singing. I rejoice in the God of my salvation. When you see someone else's miracle, rejoice with them because you're planting a seed. You don't know what they went through to get to where they are. Oh, you saw them holding hands. How many hands has been rejected before? The, 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 the girl you're jealous of was the girl that they dumped when she came to the altar. She didn't tell you her story. You're just seeing the glory. And, but you don't want to go through her story. Because if you go through her story, you will capitulate. God is saying, it is not your time right now. But I'm preparing something. Because until the other spouse starts singing, I can't bring you together. Because if you come together, you will be complaining while someone else is singing. This is your time where God... God is saying, if you obey me, and you don't look at the inconvenience of time, the influence of fear, and the independence of freedom, I will lead you beside the still waters. Did you get anything from it? You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk. Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.